a big day for Pokemon Go. Wait, how? How is it a big day for Pokemon Go? Gretzky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Oh! Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by the Saturday morning, Zach Mack. How are you doing today, bud? I'm doing well. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm excited for this episode. We get to get, get some stuff off our chest. We've got a miracle on ice dedicated segment, which... Saturday episodes aren't segmented episodes, but I, that's how you would describe that part of the episode. Uh, then we're going to talk about Carolina getting a gift from the NHL. I, I I love these Saturday episodes. No prep, just like our Wednesday episodes. The coffee this, tastes better. The coffee tastes better. You're absolutely right. But That's the biggest benefit of the Saturday yeah. episodes. So we're glad you guys are joining us and... You know, we haven't gotten negative feedback about Saturday episodes, so no good, no news is good news. <laughs> At least in, in my mind. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna start with with getting some stuff off our mind because this has been there's been a lot of storylines this season. I think you'd agree that probably more than most seasons, there's been something big in the news. So certain trends or or things that we would normally have more time to talk about kind of go by the wayside. So uh, we're going to give each other a chance to get some stuff off our chest. So you can, uh, you can start if you want. I know you were very excited about one of your topics. <laughs> well, yeah, I just have to admit, I'll start with the first one, the one that I just going to come out and say, cause we haven't really talked about is the rocket Richard race and how it doesn't really do anything for me this year. And I know, and I have to like stay quiet because I know you're on this Matthew strain. And now I'm like worried that he's going to do. He's got 43 goals. You were talking about how he's going to get to 50. He's, he's leading the NHL right now. He's tied with Pasternak, which makes it even worse for me because I don't like either of those guys. <laughs> and then Ovechkin's two behind him. And it's just like, yeah, if Ovechkin wins, it's Ovechkin again. And so I'm just not really – that's just why I've been quiet, I guess. Interesting. About the Rock Richard race because I just don't really care about it this year. Yeah, I can see how – it would be tough for when there's a maple leaf and a Bruin involved in anything. People don't exactly love those types of races. And if, if you're in for variety, then the rocket Richard probably isn't for you. Cause like you said, it's just Ovi's thing. I'm, I'm not actually against that take. I mean, I'm, I'm all in because it is Matthews versus Pasternak versus Ovi, you know, and if, if it gets down to just Matthews and Ovi, I think it'd be even, more fun for for me at least but i don't i don't hate that i can completely understand that is it normally you, something like every year that you like is the is the rocket richard one of your favorite trophies i yeah i do i do usually enjoy it i like when it comes down to the final stretch seeing what guys got to do to get it it surprised me that sebastian Ajo was up there <laughs> yeah you mentioned Carolina earlier, so a little foreshadowing, but uh, 
Yeah, you originally said you thought Matthews. You, I don't know if you were joking or not. If you're being 100 percent serious, I feel like there was some sort of sarcasm in there. But when they fired Babcock, you said Matthews can go out there and score. What did you say? 50 goals or 100? I think I, I said like 100. Were... But yeah, that was probably the. But I know you were pushing for the 50. Yeah, the 50 goal mark, and I subconsciously didn't believe that he's going to hit it. Now it looks like he's going to. Yeah, I remember somebody tweeted out about. Uh, Matt, like whatever Matthew's career high was, I thought it was 42. And they're like, oh, he's going to, you know, he's shooting for that number and everything. And I, I remember quoting, quote tweeting it, just saying if 42's the benchmark, he's going to blow by it. And he hasn't blown by it yet, but he is already above 42. He's in, yeah, like you said, 43. You know what? I'm just going to tie this into, I didn't have it first on my list, but I'm I'll bring it up. I I knew I do need a disclaimer. I don't think he's going to be in the conversation. But the reasons that we keep Austin Matthews out of the Hart Trophy conversation is a little hypocritical. He everyone always goes to the same thing. He can't the, the Leafs have too much talent for Matthews to be, you know, an MVP. Yet Pasternak and right now Drysidel, you you'd think I've heard it from you know Puck Soup they were talking about and everything. Drysidel should be a lot of people's favorites. I don't know if I'm completely there yet, but if he's firmly in the conversation, and Connor McDavid is firmly in the conversation, how is Austin Matthews not getting even a look for MVP? David Pasternak plays on what NBC calls the perfection line. It's just it's just weird to me that I think it's more Leafs hate than actual actually thinking that Matthews isn't a top six, top seven Hart Trophy candidate. Yeah, it's interesting you say because I and I know you previously have stated that you're more of like, you know, MVP is who's most valuable to their team. And I agree with you. But I'm, I'm, this is, this is why I like the Rocket Richard over the MVP because it's very cut and dry. Most goals win. This, it seems like there's never any consistency to it. I agree with you. If Matthews is not in the conversation, then Dry Settle and McDavid probably shouldn't be either. But I also think that you're right that Matthews should be in the conversation. So, do you, but you really think there's that much Leafs bias out there or Leafs hate? I do. I, I think if, if we're going to boil it down to, the how do I describe this? Like the Hart Trophy candidate with the least amount of talent surrounding them, based on uh, let's go. If we're just looking at at how it relates to their points and how they're perceived by the media, Drysdale and McDavid would probably drop off. They've got a lot of help. Nathan McKinnon was alone for a while. But Artemi Panarin would be the the Hart Trophy candidate right now, or the the leading vote getter if we were just going on based on the talent around them. And then Eichel is probably second. It, I don't know. It's just weird to me that I think it is all Leafs bias. I think it's almost the sole reason he doesn't get more MVP talk. 
do you think? Do you think Ovechkin gets any or enough? I don't. I think he would have had to score sixty to be in the MVP talk. Because in, I think it was uh, Greg Wyshynski said that winning the Rocket Richard isn't enough for him to get into the Hart Trophy uh, or yeah Hart Trophy talk because that's just kind of what Ovi does. Yeah, that's so rough. He would have to like blow through fifty and get close to, if not at least sixty, to really be in in Hart Trophy talk. Because Car, I mean, remember Carlson was absolutely on fire. I know he's fallen off a little bit, not much. I mean, he's still got seventy points. But, but I, in all honesty, I think if you remove Ovechkin, that team is not even a playoff team. Really? Yeah. Not even a playoff team. I like that. I, I, not a bad take. Because, uh, so who do you remove from the Oilers to keep them a playoff team? Dryslide oh, or McDavid? I know. I don't think you can. I, I, I don't know. I'm not prepared to answer that. Because <laughs> I don't think I don't think you can remove and, and keep a stay a playoff team. So who has more points, the Rangers without Artemi Panarin, or the Oilers without Leon Drysaitel? The Oilers without Leon Drysaitel would have more points. Yeah, I think Panarin's pretty. I agree. Important how well the Rangers are playing. I I agree. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. That was a lot of MVP talk. Uh, I but I did I did want to focus it around Matthews as I do for a lot of things. I get that, and I know I'm talking about Leafs bias when I have at least some Matthews bias. I I'm 100 aware of that. But beyond a little self awareness, I can also see how important he is to that team. And his teammates and the fans and social media, like when Austin Matthews scores, it's a pretty big deal for at least Leafs fans. So I don't know, at least mention him when we're talking about Hart Trophy. I don't expect him to win it. I don't expect him to be top three, but if it's because of the talent around him, that's just because you hate the Maple Leafs. I'm on. So I'm on board after you just broke all of this MVP stuff down. I'm on board with McKinnon because his team's been banged up. Yeah, I'm. McKinnon should win the Hart Trophy. We we said it back when he's he was probably around third in points, and he had his entire first line was damaged. It, Kale McCarr was even missing time. I don't even think the goaltending situation was great. Not that it's awesome now, but he's still third in points. In Top five and this, Rantanen is missing more time. Yeah. Doesn't matter who's hurt. Yeah, I'm I'm big on the the McKinnon for MVP train. But how do I look at Panarin? I I do like that too. But they're not even gonna sniff the playoffs. Yeah, that's his problem. What else is on your mind? Oh, I'm still. So here's another worry of mine: is that it doesn't look like the Flyers are gonna go anywhere. And I said the complete opposite a couple of days ago, but. They beat the Blue Jackets on back-to-back games, which we're still not completely sure who the Blue Jackets are, I guess. But 
They've got Jets, Sharks, Rangers coming up. They could just turn this into a five-game tear. And with all of a sudden 15 games to go, they're snug in a, the third spot. Maybe even the second if Washington can't get their shit together. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i worried about that too, actually. I, I'm really worried about that, and I realized that the other day when I was – I've talked about how I had to interact with a lot of Flyers fans. And sometimes I just try to say what they want to hear and be done with it before I am mean about it or whatever. But the other day when I said, yeah, they could even catch uh, the Capitals if they don't pick it up, that's a real possibility, which is upsetting. But I guess that's just – I don't know. They're not going to make it out of the first round. (laughs) That's the thing. I don't know if I'm more upset that it's just going to be a shitty playoff round that I got to sit through, or I I think it's more that that I'm worried about the Flyers even making a run. I I would be a big fan of the Flyers making the playoffs and having to play Pittsburgh in the first round, and Pittsburgh showing them how far away they are from an elite team. <laughs> Because I think I think Pittsburgh would run the fly. They'd probably be a five game series if I had to guess. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what what is it. Yeah, I know it's tough to sit down and watch a ton of Flyers hockey, but in the grand scheme of things, it is an all around effort. Like, does anything stick out to you from as far as why they're going to stick around and and keep a playoff spot? It just seems like it. Took them forever, but they've got some team chemistry now. And I mean, they're not, they're a good team on paper, honestly. Like, Giroux, Vorchek, Van Riemsdyk, Couturier. Like, this is, this is a good team. They just haven't been able to put it together. And maybe, maybe we're just finally seeing them get it together. I don't, it's so hard to say that. And I don't, I, I, half of me doesn't believe it. I just, like, I, if you would have told me that, Blake Wheeler had, or Blake Wheeler, uh, Kevin Hayes had 78 points and was leading the Flyers by 20 points. I would have believed you because of the way he's portrayed on Twitter. And then (laughs) I I was reading yesterday that he's got 35 points in 61 games. And they're paying him $7.5 million. I I know he's been clutch, but you don't pay $7.5 million for clutch. He should be yeah, much he, higher on that team. And I, I think he's I think he's still top ten, but like seventh. And yeah, Konechny and Couturier are having good years. But he's second in goals, I think. But yeah, he's only got sixteen assists. I don't know. I mean, I know I'm looking for a reason to not like this team. And there's no reason I mean, I agree with you. I think they're gonna be in a playoff spot, but I just I still don't think the only consistency I see is Giroux. Like, I think he's the only guy that isn't, like, there's no chance of a fall off. The rest, of, well, until the playoffs, because Giroux 100% does not perform in the playoffs. That's a fact. Please tweet <laughs> at me if you don't think it is. But, yeah, you're right. They're going to probably make the playoffs easily. What's on your mind? Well, now that, now that's pissing me off. Yeah. But, I am – I'm excited that this year 
because we know last year's Stanley Cup was quote unquote super physical and, you know, went seven games, two big teams, not a lot of scoring. Explosive offense is 100% going to win the cup this year. And I just love what it comes down to that. Right now, just based on each division leader, St. Louis is the only one that doesn't have a super explosive offense. But they also haven't been great lately. So. Wow, yeah, now that you say that, I'm looking at the top two in each division. And it's still only the Blues that don't have an explosive offense. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's just – it's to me, I know not for everybody, but to me it's just – it's the better hockey. It's the better brand of hockey. It, it makes the playoffs a lot more fun when you know every any team can score at any time. And I know defense doesn't eliminate that possibility, but I just – I couldn't do seven games of St. Louis – Islanders, you know, like yeah. Boston this yeah. year is an explosive offense. So I, I don't think that Boston St. Louis would be as boring, but I still wouldn't want to watch it. And I don't think St. Louis is going to go very far in the playoffs because of that. Mm, hot take. Is it? Yeah, I guess if they win the division, they'll at least win a round. They've oh. led the West most of the year. I know. I so I feel like it's kind of hot, but I think you might be right, though. I they peak too soon, like we talked about last episode. I think right now people are starting to change their minds. But if I think, I think a month ago that's a scalding hot take. I just I don't think. But if they win the division, they're at least going to the second round. I'll admit that because I think Winnipeg and Calgary don't have. Don't have enough. But Winnipeg can be an explosive offense. They've just been all defense this year. Yeah. Or all goaltending, I should say. They've been disappointing on the offensive end. Ooh, disappointing. Hot take. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But, yeah, that was – I mean, that was just the other trend that I was thinking of. It wasn't really anything crazy, but it it is obvious that we're going to get some some explosives, at least through the Stanley Cup Finals or uh, Conference Finals and hopefully the Cup Final is two explosive teams, but even if it's, you know, one and one defensive team, I still think explosive comes out on top. Okay. Last thing on my mind is on the other end of the spectrum. And I don't think enough people are talking about this, but are you worried about hockey in Cali? I mean, Ooh. San Jose and I'm LA at the bottom of the Pacific. We've talked about how tight the Pacific is. They're not, none of those three are competing and they don't have a foreseeable future. I'm not worried about it because all the main thing that happened with really all three of these teams is trusting your veteran core for too long. Like, cause all these, I mean, if you think Kopitar, Brown, Carter, Dowdy, Getzlav, Perry's not there anymore. I guess that team's moved around a lot, but you know, Kessler, Silverberg, and then, you know, what was Pavelski, Marlo, Thornton, Burns, they just held on too long. Yeah, I think guys just like living in Cali too much. They don't want to move. That, That is also true. And I think it's tough to 
right now they're not really free agent destinations. The the future is bleak for these three teams, but I I don't think in I apologize for this, but I don't I don't think these teams have a worse future than like New Jersey and Detroit. Yeah. Cuz again, like you said, it is California. But yeah, like in each team, if you look at it, they they just suck offensively. One fifty six, one fifty six, and one fifty three for goals for. <laughs> yeah, wow, in the minus thirties and forties. Yeah. So I I'm not worried about hockey California, but right now I'm worried about a lot of the fans in California. That's for sure. <laughs> but northern like. San Jose fans that extend up through Northern California, I think Seattle might provide them a little bit of like, oh, you know, I haven't been a Sharks fan for very long. I, I'm I'm a Seattle fan now. Mm, yeah. I mean, yeah. only the northernmost part of California would even maybe be close to Seattle. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Yeah, because I was gonna say the Pacific. For now, it's just gonna be. Oh no, I guess Vegas in there. Yeah, it's like Canada and Arizona, but Vegas. But Arizona is gonna move, right? And that's gonna be. They're gonna be. Yeah, Arizona is gonna be in the central. So it's gonna be Vegas, and then all of Canada for the Pacific in the near future, and then yeah. Seattle. It's Ve- it's Vegas, California, and Canada. Oh, you mean for the top of the division? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you're right. Go Canucks. All right. You got a hashtag YGS? Hashtag YGS coming back for a little segment on Saturday. Just keep you guys on your toes. We're going to go back to Thursday's games, which we predicted for the most part right, yeah? I'd, yeah, I'd say we did a, a better than average job. We called the Knights over the Lightning. That was our big win. We said the Flyers, Blue Jackets, going to be close. It was close. We picked Blue Jackets, but the Flyers won an OT. You specifically said overtime. Yeah, I called overtime in that one. I called the Bennington shutout. I said it was going to be like 3 nothing and it ended up being one nothing Blues over the Yotes. And the one we swung and a missed on, swung and a missed. Swung, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Penguins leaps. We They played on Tuesday. Penguins won at home. We thought the Penguins were going to stomp again. Malkin's back in the lineup. But the Leafs came in and issued a 4-0 shutout. Uh, it was Murray and Anderson in that. So Murray for the Penguins, Anderson for the Leafs. And I was watching this game. It was nothing, nothing after one. I was like, all right, we might be on something. And then three quick goals in the middle of the period for the Leafs. And they didn't give one up all game. It ended up 4 nothing. Anderson makes a or gets a shutout on 24 shots. And Pittsburgh, you got skunked. Yeah, in a very unlikely manner, too. It just it wasn't so much thinking that the Leafs were that bad, but after what they did on Tuesday, I didn't think I mean we literally predicted like four to one penguins. Yeah. And it was just the complete opposite. I don't think it told us much about either team, but you know, going back to what I was saying before, that just shows you when an offense gets hot on any given night, any of these teams can beat each other. So I think the series are going to be so fun, but Toronto needs 
to show that on, you know, more than just a random Thursday night in February. Yep, they need I, to show a little bit of consistency with that. It's I, good. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think what it did show us for Toronto is that they are ready for the playoffs to lose a game on the road and then bounce back with another game at home against the same team and be able to beat them like that, I think is a good sign. But I also agree with you, it's got to happen over and over again. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And it's good to see, you know, two nothing shutouts are great. A four nothing, you know, we're bringing it to you shutout is even better, especially for a team that is going to need to do that time and time again coming down the stretch. Because even if it shows that they're ready for the playoffs, they got to get there first. And their last two weeks, they haven't really shown us that they're ready, you know, to be a playoff team. Go Panthers. Go Panthers. Why are you on this Panthers train? Uh, but, yeah, you got skunked. Hashtag YGS. Remember, you can always nominate a shutout that you are impressed by, that catches your eye, one that you called, anything like that. And, uh we will talk about it on that's more that's usually Wednesday, but like you said, like Zach Zach Max said, we gotta keep you on your toes. All right, so everyone knows if you don't know by now, you, you're living under a rock, but it is the 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. The 1980 US men's team defeated the Soviet Union, USSR, whatever we were calling them in 1980. Uh, One of the most unlikely upsets in sports history, let alone hockey and international hockey history. Uh, And it'll live forever. Two movies have been made about it. It's huge, huge deal. So they've been interviewing NHL network is just basically interviewing everyone who's still alive for that team. And it's been pretty cool to hear the old stories and, you know, hear some of the guys talk about how, you know, they, every time they're with this group, they feel like they're 25 again and, I just can't imagine that level of fame. But what we're going to do is we're going to draft our modern day team. You know, we'll adjust the USSR for the way hockey is played now. And, you know, they get a little bit of a a slider boost if we're doing this on NHL 20. But we're going to take our team that we'd most likely want to put up against the Soviet Union in 1980. We're Doing North America, because if we did American players, we'd have the exact same teams. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. So it's basically Team North America against the USSR, which even back then, you know, maybe wouldn't have been enough to beat that team on any given uh, any given night, especially in the Olympics. Uh, first off, is there anything about the Miracle on Ice that's overrated to you? Because it gets shoved down our throat every season. I, I always like to know if it's if it gets too much for people. That's an interesting question. I've never thought of that. No, I don't think any part of it's overrated for me. Do you subscribe to the to the idea that for as as big a deal as we make of uh, the Miracle on Ice, it literally was, and there was probably a lot of luck involved in that win? Yeah, there probably was a lot of luck involved in that win. But... I don't know. I wasn't there. So I guess it's all kind of fantasized. <laughs> wasn't there. Yeah, it is. And what do you think of the Miracle on Ice movie with uh, Kurt Russell? Oh, it's classic. Yeah, I got it in my top. I was telling you before, I got it in my top three movies of all time. And like you said, that's not just sports movies. Um, I I love this movie. I Yeah, I think it's a great movie. And I, I think what they did best was turning actual hockey players into actors. Yeah. Like yeah. there wasn't too many guys that you know, had acting careers leading up to that. So the the hockey 
aspect of the movie was better than most. Yep. That's a good point. I love that movie. Uh, anniversary. You said it's the anniversary. I also just want a quick shout out the 100-year anniversary of the 420 Quebec Bulldogs. Yes. Huge, huge centennial anniversary for the Quebec Bulldogs. Four and 20. It's like they were – it's a shame they're not around. It is. We, we'd probably be the play-by-play guys for uh, the commentators for the Quebec Bulldogs by now. I imagine being four and nineteen going into the last game, like, all right, we gotta lose this one, boys. <laughs> you gotta do it for the meme. <laughs> uh, yeah, good good for the Quebec Bulldogs. All right, so we'll go back and forth. Uh as always, I'll let you start. We're gonna I uh am hoping we don't have any overlaps, so I put down two for each position. We're just doing three forwards, two D and a goaltender. Uh anyone in North America, no Europeans. Up against the USSR, your number one pick is? McDavid. Yeah, I figured. My number one pick is the Sidney Crosby, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Uh, I just think, I mean, both those guys have speed beyond belief. But, you know, that big part of the Russian team wasn't just, you know, speed. They could catch you and then punish you. But I think... You know, these two guys are just, a, especially McDavid, a different level of fast, and their hand-eye coordination is, is hard to hard to beat. Who's your number two? Yeah, I would think in uh, in most drafts they're going to go one and two, so it just worked out perfectly for us. Cause that's yeah. Uh, number two, I'm going with, probably also no surprise, Nathan McKinnon. Ooh, I do like that. What about McKinnon's game puts him up uh, as a good matchup against the Russians? I think a big problem that McDavid has playing with the Oilers is that most of his teammates cannot match his speed, and it leads to a disrupt in chemistry. But I think McKinnon is one of the few guys that could probably hang with McDavid on a line, and that those speeds combined with their playmaking abilities is what we need against the Russians. That's, that's smart. They were faster on the... Uh... Race to space, so we got to be faster on the ice. I like that. I like that pick. I, uh, I'm going to admit I didn't have McKinnon on my board, but I did have my number two, Austin Matthews, mm. locked and ready to go. I think while he doesn't bring the same amount of speed, he does bring physicality and somebody that can get in the messy areas and still be able to avoid some of the more punishing blows from the Russians. So I'm going to go Austin Matthews, my number two pick. There would be something extremely exciting about watching Crosby and Matthews together. Dude, I did you see my tweet the other night? I didn't. The when the Leafs and Penguins were playing, I was like, I imagine oh, yeah. the, <laughs> the, the feeling that parents get when they see their kid graduate is the same feeling I get when Matthews and Crosby are on the ice. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, Number three for the Zach Mack Olympic team. I'm going Patrick Kane. I love it. There goes my number three pick. I figured that you might have him on the board. I I like his his uh, vision paired with McDavid and McKinnon. He's a little that small would be against the Russians. They make him look huge in the movie. But yeah. <laughs> but Kane's always done well undersized. Yeah, he's he's probably the poster boy for five ten and under. I I like that pick. I think he'd at the very least the breakout passes would be unmatched. And, and McKinnon and McDavid would just be able to go. Yeah, that's a good point. For your team. That's I like that. 
in a similar note, I'm going to go with Brad Marchand. Ooh. I obviously not everyone's most popular player, but you know, he gets in the face of just about everybody. Can you imagine how much he would throw off the Russians game with some of his antics? And then you just, you know, the skill is just a bonus at that point. Dude, I feel like the the line you put together would be like watching the Harlem Globetrotters. Just it would be sticking as far as that. entertainment. Yeah, just like cross people up, throwing a backhand pass. That's what your line can do. Yeah, Matthews. they'd be they they'd be good against that Russian team. I I like it. All right, we're moving on to. I'm assuming you picked three forwards, so we're both going defense. Who's your who's your first defenseman? Your fourth overall pick. I'm going Carlson. I like. Uh, obviously, I'm a big Carlson guy because I picked him in fantasy and he's killing it for me. But big body, smart mind, got to play a little chess match with the Russians. I think that's what we need on the blue line. Yeah, and again, just the breakout. But you're going. You got two speed two speed guys, and you're just hoping for those beautiful breakout passes. <laughs> Nice thing is, if, if for whatever reason McDavid or McKinnon don't get around their guy, Carlson's going to be trailing for that blue line slap shot. So, good good pick. Also an American, back-to-back Americans for Zach Mack. I love it. <laughs> I'm going Kale McCarr, obviously. Oh, that was another one I was hoping to sneak by. He He's probably my fastest, if not right up there with Marchand uh, player. And I think that'd be... For the way Crosby and Matthews can defend deeper in the zone, I think if McCarr gets loose with Marshand, I think we're we're set up pretty well to to beat uh, Vladislav Tretiak. That's his name. <laughs> Russian goaltender, famously pulled after the first period of the uh, Miracle on Ice game. But yeah, I like I like McCarr's speed mixed with his playmaking, but also a little undersized against that Russian team. But I like it. All right, your last skater. I like that. I like my car on that. Um, last one I'm going with. Wait, I just had it. Oh, yeah, because you took my car. Uh, Burns. I'm going Brent Burns. Need another big body back there. Ooh, that's a very another guy that wasn't on my list, but I like I like the big body. Somebody who could definitely play up and down the ice with that Russian team, comparable to their size. So that yeah, that's a that's a really good pick, and you still get some of that offensive defenseman with it. A much better defender than Carlson, so I like that. Ooh, that I thought you would take one of my last two picks and it would be easy, but now I'm not sure. <laughs> um I'm gonna take with my last skater pick defenseman for the Vancouver Canucks, Quinn Hughes. I'm going all rookies Ooh. on the blue line. Uh, I just I, I sacrifice some speed for forwards. Or for uh, playmaking with my forwards, I'm getting all the speed from the defenseman. Because I'm I'm really confident that I'm going to get the goalie I want, and it it all plays together. So I'm going Quinn Hughes for my second defenseman. Okay, I like that. I'm upset that I didn't pick up Hughes. All right, goalie. Moment of truth. Who's stopping the puck? Jordan Bennington. I knew it. <laughs> he was he was my other goaltender, I'll admit. And I think his size is something the Russians wouldn't be used to. I think I know who you're picking then. 
goaltender in the green and white for the Dallas Stars, Mr. Ben Bishop. Uh, <laughs> Another American, big body. He's been playing lights out this season. He's got Olympic experience. It's another big thing. I mean, so do Crosby, Marshan, and all those guys. But I, I think Olympic experience against a team that was bigger, better, you know, faster than everyone back then. I think having a big body would be in net would be something they weren't totally used to. I mean, Bishop's like three or four inches taller than Jim Craig was. Yeah, it's a good point. I think you're right. I think they were used to being bigger than pretty much everyone else they played. Yeah, yeah. I so who who did you lead? Did um, did you have anyone written down that you didn't pick? I had Eichel and Krug. I had that. I did I, not pick. I actually had Krug on my list. Um, I had Stamkos on my list as well, in case anything crazy Stamkos. happened. I written down. I had Crosby, McDavid, Matthews, Eichel, Kane, and Marshan. And so, you, yeah, you took two of those, added McKinnon, which I do like. And uh, I don't know. I I do think you made two very good picks with defensemen. I just I'm a sucker for offense. <laughs> I, uh, let us know what you think. Who put who put together the better team? Uh, who has the better shot of winning? And uh, if we both lose, I don't really want to hear your opinion. And I, I just don't think that's true. And you probably hate America. So, even though, even though we did pick a fair, our fair amount of Canadians, how many Americans do you have? You had Matthews, Hughes, Matthews, Hughes, or Hughes, and Bishop. Bishop. Wait a minute. Yeah, Makar is Canadian. I don't know why I thought for a second that he was uh, American. I wanted to go Goudreau just for the American forward aspect when you picked Kane, but he is really little <laughs> against the Russians. <laughs> All right, uh, last thing on our list, we didn't talk about it earlier in the week, but it was announced that the Carolina Hurricanes are getting an outdoor game in Rally. Uh, your initial reaction and who do you think they'll play? Uh, I like them getting an outdoor game. I think uh, everything I've read, I mentioned to you, I was like looking at the moon to rally. It's a booming city. It's on the rise. I think this is good for the city. It's good for hockey. I think they play. That's a tough one. It can't be Nashville because they were just in one. Washington? I think it's one of two. I think it's Washington or Pittsburgh. And the thing I like about Pittsburgh, someone pointed out on Twitter, they have it. So Pittsburgh and Carolina still kind of have a chance to play in the first round, but they also play all four of their matchups this year in March. It's like March 8th through the 24th. They play four times for whatever reason. So there's the possibility of like 11 games in a month between those teams. If that happens, I don't think it's very likely, but if that happens, it would set up the stadium series for like a very recent, recently sparked rivalry. Yeah. The color I pulled for red versus yellow too. That would be very cool. The jerseys would be awesome. Do you think there's any shot the Islanders get thrown in there just for matchup purposes? Ooh, maybe, but I just, I don't know if there's, enough there 
to because the the other nice thing too is Pittsburgh and Washington would fill up the stadium. Yep, that's true. I'm not totally sure if you could get enough Hurricanes fans in there to compensate for what you wouldn't get in Islanders fans. That's probably true. I don't. I don't. I'm not trying to take a shot at Islanders fans, but. You, you get it. I mean, yeah, you're not going to travel from New York to go to Raleigh to watch a game. No. Especially not in January. Or February. Yeah, I mean, but I'm I'm happy they got it. They deserve it. They've made huge steps forward in a franchise on the ice and in the arena. You know, things are looking up for Carolina hockey and their fan base. So good, good for them. Did we miss anything else? I don't think we missed anything. There's not a we're, – we're looking over the games tomorrow. There's not too many exciting ones. Yeah, there's not much. Today there's, you know, a decent – a couple decent matchups, you know, contrasting styles and stuff like that. But really tomorrow is just Pittsburgh-Washington, which will be a good game. But I mean, Pittsburgh's just going to dominate them. And we got three day games today. Yeah. Well, would it add anything to you? I'm just thinking of this and I'm, I'm totally on board with it. Now that I've thought of it, Ovi scoring 700 against the Penguins with Crosby there would be fucking cool. Yeah. That will, I'm, there'd be a lot of respect shown there. I think. Oh yeah. I think, I think they could do it right. I think Crosby would probably, you know, take, let let the team celebrate because I think it's going to be like a Drew Brees scenario where everything stops for a minute and everyone can celebrate. And I think Crosby, when Ovechkin's alone, is going to go over there and like dap him up yeah. and give him a congratulations and everything. That'd be that'd be cool. I'm all for that. Do the do the Capitals play today? Yeah, at noon or noon my time. Fuck, starting in less than an hour. But maybe 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 that's what Ovechkin's been waiting for. He's a smart guy. Just sit him out today. Yeah. Don't play him against the Devils. You don't need to play him against the Devils. That's so true. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully that happens. Uh, hopefully you've had to l- listen to this episode by the time that happens. Uh, but we thank you guys so much for listening. The numbers keep going up, and we love you guys so much for it. It's so cool to be able to talk about this and have you guys appreciate it. Like I said, we're always open to topics in our uh, DMs on Twitter, whether it's our personals or the Puck Puck Pass account. We Love hearing the suggestions, and we always we always try to work as many into the episode as we can. Uh, I th- think we just talked about what we're watching this weekend. I think that's it. Yeah, I think we we're just we're on Overwatch. Really, is all we're again. We're always on Overwatch. Uh, for Maria, for at it's Zach Mac. I'm at Belly Up KJ. This was at Puck Puck Pass Pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you review us on Pod Chaser. We will talk to you next week. Do you believe in miracles?
saw no light. We saw no signal. Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at BellyUpZachMath, and at PuckPuckPassPod. Thank <laughs> you.